Okay, and we are rolling. Right, so welcome all you listeners into another episode of Before the Crowd. I am sat here on a really hot June day uh, <laughs> talking to Danny Hart from Belgium. Welcome, Danny. Thank you so much. I'm so no, happy to be here. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, first thing I actually wanted to say to you, because I wanted to have you on the podcast for so long, because the uh, the intro music I use at the beginning of the podcast is uh, your song Let the Children. That's so cool. Yeah, I remember when you asked Ryan and he asked me back, you know, like, and I was like, of course, what the hell? That's so cool. Like, thank you so much for wanting to use this song, you know? It's, no, it's, it's cool because I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, maybe I'll sort of put together a little jingle or compose something. And I was like, I just want something with a hook. Mm. Uh, and I started thinking of your song and that kind of how you double up with the vocal line and the chorus on the on the Let the Children play. Yeah. And I was like, this is just perfect for it. This is just exactly what I want. Um, oh, that's awesome. No, super happy that you're, you, you want to use it, really. Well, I wanted to ask about the song. Like, how did you come up with that um, Let the Children play? What was the, what inspired you in it? Uh, well... <laughs> what inspired me um well you know like there was a huge shift uh in the global politics back then i mean without getting too deep into it uh we had trump in power we had brexit um there were some crazy things going on regarding like being international student or you youth student in london etc mm. and that song just started to pop up from uh, yeah, a riff that Ryan made and then like the lyrics started to come up and yeah, it was just seeing like uh, the this sort of abuse of power but that you don't realize, you know, like you, you're, it's just like, it's like a child song, like you, like a nice melody, like everything, everything well presented, everything like happy times let the children play you know but the, mm -hmm. the actual lyrics what they say is like excuse my french they putting a dick in your eye all the time <laughs> <laughs> you know all the freaking time so it's like um but you don't realize because it's a happy tune it's like a funny you know catchy melody and stuff like that and that's a little bit of the reflection i had at the time of of, of the times we we're living in like um not only in, in the UK or, or the US, but also in my own country in Chile, uh, which is like crazy times there. And yeah, it's it's like, to me, that's the way it, things, things happen um, at these times in politics, like everything well presented, well spoken, uh, you know, with a lot of smiles and stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, the richer are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer so no it's, it's really line. cool it's really cool to get your insight into that and i love those kind of songs i think um oh who is it bruce springsteen who did like born in the usa and it's like this american <laughs> anthem but really he's actually trashing the us in it it's that kind of that hidden yeah. meaning song. yeah exactly exactly and like you know we had these characters as well with the video also you know like economic military political power and yeah it, it's just like a, a, like a full interaction of these these three powers you know uh, doing 
doing whatever they want and people not realizing about it and like uh, let's just get them distracted with this and that and this shiny thing here this fancy car there uh, and let's get them into the the wheel of capitalism basically well that's maybe a little bit too deep on it but yeah it's just like yeah no, it's fine. I don't don't be scared of going deep. Like I, I we've done this podcast. We've had like you know full two hour sessions when we've got uh, deep into like Greek politics and stuff on here. So like, if you want to put your point across, absolutely go for it. I will not like I will not hold back on it. All right, um, <laughs> yeah, you know sometimes it's a uh, a bit too much, but no, it's 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 a, a recurrent subject to me. To be honest, it's like. Um, I remember like uh, when when Brexit happened, like we were in the house uh, in London, co-housing with, you know, Charlotte uh, from the Raven as well um, and the whole bunch. And we were like just in, in shock, like we couldn't believe what's going on because it was such a different like parallel reality to what we experienced like at, in, in BIM London, you know, like with just like a, you know, a school of, full of people from all over the world and we all get along perfectly fine with our, our own cultures our own our own differences and stuff so it's like really yeah it, and and since then it's been really like something recurrent in in the songs i write actually it's really interesting isn't it like you touched on that kind of london bubble and i think it's a lot of it's something that attracts a lot of people to london but mm-hmm. certainly in the uk it is just like you said, every culture, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, as long as you're nice and kind, people are going to love and respect you. But exactly. sometimes in the UK, you go to maybe smaller towns or smaller villages and they're like, no, no immigrants. And it's, it's really shocking when you hear that other point of view, like, you know, coming from our perspective as all encompassing, you know, kind of musicians who just, you play with whoever, you love anyone. It's what it is. It is, it is. It's, it's like so... It's so sad, actually. Like, I wish I wish I would have the money to, you know, pay all of the people that say, like, no migrants whatsoever to, you know, go around the world, travel, meet people, please mm-hmm. just, like, interact. Because, like, it, it's, it's insane. Like, it, for instance, like, even, uh, like, now that I'm moving uh, into Belgium and stuff like that, well, it, the thing with the small towns happens everywhere, everywhere. It's, like, the same. Also in Chile, it's, like, very yeah a little bit more close-minded I guess but when I moved here um I also had the opportunity to, you know like because I had to do some integration courses that all all new migrants have to do etc and and there I met like Muslims I met uh, all sort of people from all over the world as well and everyone trying to do their best at their own pace at their own level to try to integrate you know like to learn the language which is super difficult here Dutch you know yeah. um and and you sometimes even even myself I caught I caught on like I was you know having like this sort of like oh I don't want to you know maybe that we're too different I'm too feminist or whatever it's bullshit you know like when people opens up to you know, like being on the same place, on the same uh, on the same track for the same goal. It's like it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And I I wasn't judged for being like you know a little bit outspoken or or feminist whatsoever. I didn't judge them for being uh, from another 
culture or another way of thinking, beliefs, etc. We all got our, our, our things done with the language, etc. So it's it really was like, even I thought I was open-minded and that completely changed my mind and and i was like okay yeah no like every people needs to be exposed to something like this because it's so we need it we need it more than any time absolutely i don't think you can in my opinion like you can't truly appreciate another culture until maybe you've sort of experienced that culture or maybe you know been to their homeland or their country or been around the people for a long time and which i think it's one thing that i find really interesting about you because like you truly are like an international artist in every sense of a word. Like, yeah. like you know, kind of born and born and raised in Chile, and then uh, obviously kind of moved to London to you know because London's where it's at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what was the main thing that kind of you know took you from your your home country to you know the big music city that that London is? Yeah, well. Um... Since I was very, very little, I always uh, was thinking to to move abroad at some point. Like I remember once I was visiting the coast uh, with my grandparents and we went to like this huge ship uh, cruise from the US and I was hearing the language, I think it was like six or seven. Mm. And I was just fascinated with the English language. And I was like thinking, oh my God, where can I hide here to, you know, like travel abroad <laughs> and, and, you know, discover somewhere. Of course, I didn't do that. But it was always in my mind, you know, like not just, uh, I mean, not to escape my country, but just like I was fascinated by other cultures from a very, very early age. Uh, my grandma also like um, really motivated me uh, since very little to learn English. Mm. And then, yeah, I just I just kept on going through music, through books, through through movies, and I was between the US and the UK actually because I did uh, made um, make an audition for Berkeley. Okay, the uh, Berkeley School of Music. Yeah. In the US. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so I did first the audition for BIM, and then I went to Colombia. And I did the audition for Berkeley, uh, and I was in, but uh, without scholarship, which is like insanely crazy. Something like a um, hundred thousand a year or something. Yeah, something like <laughs> insane. Well, BIM is not cheap for international students either, but uh, it was a little bit more doable. Um, and so I decided to go to London, and I was always like really attracted to London. To be honest, I think. Well, maybe it might be a bit stupid, but you know, the film Pocahontas. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was your inspiration for coming to like My first inspiration. Okay, first. cool. I thought you were going <laughs> to say, like, you know, Victorian, or like, you know, Sherlock Holmes or something like that. But I have heard no, I mean, like, hardcore fan of Pocahontas. And okay. John Smith was like, whoa, that's my, you know, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this in a podcast. This is I'm so not editing any of this. This is all I'm super here. red right now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I mean, you know, like as a child, I was like, la, 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 la. and then the glamour, obviously it? the music, I mean, like all the rock uh, mm-hmm. from the Beatles to, you know, Zeppelin, etc. Um, Queen, I mean. Queen. everything it, yeah it's that british <laughs> rock scene isn't it it's just yeah. so um and and it's it's i don't know i was always fascinated uh then i traveled before i went to well 
when I did the audition actually for BIM, I was just traveling around Europe uh, on my own. And I, I, the moment I stepped into the UK, I was like fascinated. Um, so I felt at home, you know, it was such a weird, strange feel like I, I felt like I belonged there. But obviously I don't, but it was so weird and I felt so like at peace. Uh, there's so many people from so many places and like you, you just fit in as an international there, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's a very it's, weird feeling, isn't it? I had the same when I when I lived in Australia for a while. And it was by like the end of the first week, I was like, wow, this is my place. Like, this is where I love. And it's, it, you can't describe it to someone no. who hasn't been through it. Exactly. It's really no, no, it's, it's, it's like, I remember uh, on that trip, I, I took uh, like a boat through the Thames. And mm. I was like, one with the city. It was so weird. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know how to explain it, but it, it felt so good. And I think that was the, the primary reason at the end why I chose the UK over over Berkeley because I, I could have gone but yeah it's it's like I don't know it was already settled in my mind I think to go to London actually. I suppose because Berkeley I think it's it's known as um, quite a sort of high-end intense jazz school isn't it so if, as obviously you're a rock metal artist it's yeah. maybe not yeah. the best fit. No no it, it is but it's um, it's also like really at the international level, like really one of the top top ones. Uh, and I had a classmate actually from the times I was studying sound engineer in Chile um, that he went there as a guitarist. And so I was constantly talking with him, like getting tips. Uh, uh, and yeah, it's it's very interesting. I've, I, I know a lot of people that have been there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, and yeah, in, even like what you say, it's also like more to the rock area, uh, like closer to the festivals I would like to be in at some point, etc. So I don't know. I was just like withdraw to to London a lot. So no, that makes sense. I mean, what what was kind of the um, uh, the the music scene in Chile? What was that like? Um, well, it's it's very pop oriented i would say uh spanish of course there is some english as well um but um the the rock and metal scene is very very underground only the international big artists uh, you know they're they're quite big but like the national scene it's it's yeah not not that um big uh, but it is there it's very vibrant uh, it's very alive um there are all sorts of, uh, you know, like small pubs and venues um, that host rock and metal gigs. Um, so it's it's nice, but it's like difficult to scale because you need to think that Chile is like surrounded by countries that um, talk in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like a lot of bands there also want to write in English. Uh, but but somehow it comes across as weird, you know, and that's one of the reasons I also wanted to move to an English speaking country because I did want to write music in English and obviously my English is not perfect, but um, it, I don't know, it's like a passion of uh, a personal passion and and yeah, that, that comes across weird. So uh, if I would 
had developed my career there, it would definitely be Spanish music only, probably. That's interesting. When you said when people kind of write uh, in Chile, obviously, like you said, native Spanish speakers. Yeah. Um, why does it sound weird in English? Does like the grammar not make sense or is it? Uh... No, 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 no. It's it's like, um, I think it's because like we, we don't dare to talk and learn um a lot english there i mean for instance like uh i don't know how it would be right now but when i was in high school like if you would speak well english or you will try to um improve your community uh your pronunciation etc it's like people would make fun of you so uh, really okay. it's like there is this this yeah this like shaming thing and then at the end of the day, what makes that that no one really dares to like improve their pronunciation, etc. So yeah, you you get stuck and yeah, I don't know. It's 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 not because it's badly written or anything, but it's it's. I mean, I I guess at some point you you get like, but why are you writing in English? You're in Chile. We talk Spanish, you know. So just write in Spanish, yeah. Yeah. No, so I can see why you would want to move to an English-speaking country to obviously, like you said, develop like the pronunciation and, and your accent as well is going to be a big thing, like trying to sing in English, but with a very heavy uh, Chilean accent. Yes, I, 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 I try to avoid it. Huh? But like right now, I'm having a very, very hard Chilean accent, but I try to avoid it in the songs and really work on my diction, etc. So, yeah. it's, it's really I mean, funny like even just we're talking to you now I don't think you've got that accent as soon as like, we started chatting in this podcast I was like, acutely aware of you've just got a slight French accent now what? with talking English <laughs> no way <laughs> like just the tiniest little bit but like because I've heard you sing and play a bunch of times and yeah you sound I'm pretty I'm curious how does that sound actually for a native English speaker I think it's pretty convincing like I I remember in um uh what was it called it was like some outdoor show and i remember i think our band band i was playing with supported you or you support, mm-hmm. i can't remember which way we were mm-hmm. and uh it was that open air like market thing or something and they like shot in all the Northern street road thing. that was it in yeah Northern road yeah 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 i remember that one because <laughs> i re- yeah I, re- I i pretty much remember that because i was playing and this guy came up to me who was just off his face on coke or something and what? came up and like tried to give me watermelon like whilst we were playing he was like insisting Whoa. he give the band watermelon but he was okay. eating what? and he was like, <laughs> you know so he's like clearly a homeless person trying to give me his watermelon and I very politely said no but he you know he didn't take no very nicely anyway that's yeah. why I remember that gig but I remember you doing yeah. come back to my point I remember you doing Highway to Hell and it was like it was like an English speaker, like you had a little what? bit of Bond Scott in you, but you sort of had that um, I don't know how to describe it, that kind of like the female kind of uh, distortion and growl yeah, to the yeah, vocals yeah. as well. Yeah, like the raspiness. The re- exactly the raspiness, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I wasn't like, huh, that's a Spanish speaker. Like you can't tell at all. <laughs> nice. That's awesome to hear, man. <laughs> Was yeah, it, when, um, when I speak, you know, that doesn't come up. When I, but when I sing, it's like way better, my accent. <laughs> it's like the Beatles though, isn't it? I mean, because you hear them speak and they're speaking in their Liverpool accents, but then you hear them <laughs> sing and they yeah. say, we make more records and make more money when you sound American. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. But 
like ACDC, like Bon Scott, like he was Australian and, um, you know, he doesn't sound Australian in the songs, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, um, no, I don't know. For for some reason, it's way easier to, you know, imitate um, pronunciation and diction when you're singing rather than when you're speaking. Uh, because like, even now, if I, I could try my English <laughs> accent. Very Hogwarts. Darling. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just really doesn't come natural. So, but when you're singing, it's like, I don't know, I hear this melody. Mm, so okay. yeah. yeah, it's a little different. I suppose like because you were saying like as you were growing up, you were getting into listening to uh you know Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and these these and Queen yes. and these very British rock bands, and you know you sort of pick up the accent, I suppose when you're singing because you're singing along to those records, so you you try to imitate those artists, you know, try to do the Freddie Mercury vocal lines and the Robert Plant you know squeals, which are still insane to listen to those yeah. records now I love yeah, them. yeah yeah, yeah, exactly i mean you 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 just try to image the, <laughs> imitate the shit out of it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, but I, I had to work a lot on my diction as well. Uh, when I was recording the EP, <laughs> there's a funny picture going on uh, on Instagram. Uh, where I was uh, at Jules' place, uh, you know, Jules Cologne. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and we were recording, what was it? Uh, I can remember the song, but like, it was a part I couldn't pronounce. Like I, I was missing like a T or something, and or or adding one. So, like, I made a, a little post note and like really wrote the the, the <laughs> word, you know, and like mark it like not fucking to this please. <laughs> like he put it in his hair, so like he was facing, you know, like the the computer, and I was behind recording the vocals, so I could see it. From so you could see it on the back hair. of his head. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What was the word? Can you remember? <laughs> oh, I need to. I need to check my phone. One second. Okay, grab it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there. Oh my god, it was it would be so hilarious that he was here. Uh, you know, like to say the story because it was like I don't know how many takes I did, like four takes, fucking it up. With the same word and I was it's like, the same place same word Stop I'll have it. to uh, I'll try to get I'll try to get Jules on the podcast and I'll yeah. ask him about this story yes please uh yeah here yeah so it was the d you know you can you see here like uh there? what what's oh. the word I can't see it Oh, so you it's know, just been moved. It's, it, yeah, it's from like Old Town. So in on the verse, it says like, I moved ahead and lost the way. And then it's like, I couldn't pronounce the D from moved. Okay. And oh my God, <laughs> it was like so funny. And he wrote like, I fucking moved ahead. <laughs> it's a great little post-it on the back of his... Um... Yeah. Oh, this is a good chance to plug your social media as well. What What's your Instagram handle? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like for a long time, I rejected uh, being on Instagram, <laughs> basically. No, like, I know. Just, I was like totally not active there at all. And then after years, I just accepted the reality. Like it's just the best platform to, you know, promote music and artists, and etc. So I was like, OK, let's do this. Properly. <laughs> are you uh, are you at Danny Hart? Is that your Instagram handle? Danny Hart Music. Danny Hart Music. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. everyone can go and check out this. I hope you get like five hundred likes on that photo. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, please. Give me likes. <laughs> I, I weirdly, uh, I, I went on your Instagram because like we were messaging. Yeah, yeah. I went on your profile and I it was really weird. I looked at it's like Danny Hart, rock metal singer, followers six six six, and I was yeah. like, I really hope you bought that. <laughs> I, I I saw it yesterday. When was it? Like one day ago or something? And I, I took the screenshot because nice. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> So do you want people to follow you or not to follow you? Because then you're going to lose a magic number. Yeah, I think I already lost it. I think now it's uh, six, 67. God damn it. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I know. But, you know, has to grow. So Definitely. So talking yeah. about your music then, um, what was kind of the main experience and the main projects that you were working on whilst you were uh, a singer and an artist living in London? So you mentioned the EP uh, a little bit. Yeah, so uh, my, my main project was like, you know, the Danny Hart project. Um, we recorded an EP there with four songs. Um, with uh, Jules Goulon as a producer and um, second guitarist, uh, Ryan Wilson, Diana Bartman, and Alexandra, Alexander Barak, uh, which were like old friends from uni, basically. Um, and yeah, we, we work on these four songs. We like, we have more as actually, but uh, it was like the first experiment, everything done by, by people who are just like developing their careers at that moment. Mm. And it was really, really nice experience. We recorded uh, partly on the Beam Studios and partly on Jules Place uh, with his own equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, well, but this is not released on the EP though. But we we recorded at um, oh, what's the name again? How the studios? Uh, damn it! In 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 Baron's Court, uh, like a huge. Oh, studio, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's like a little basement studio, isn't it? Yes, you go exactly, down the steps. Exactly. The, uh, that's yeah. Ah. Uh, I don't God, know what the name of like, it was. Now it was a really cool place to record, wasn't it? I really liked it there. Yeah, it it was really like a uh, really awesome place and and really nice bands recorded there. Oh my God, I can stupid memory like I can't recall it right now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so and they also had like um yeah sort of uh, agreement or partnership uh, with with uni, so so we could go and record there or the producers had some lenses. There, so. Yeah, it was really nice. It it was like um. Very nice experience, and we also recorded that video like totally do it yourself with the help of um, uh, Sarah Husmans as a videographer, which is like the sister of my boyfriend. Actually, she traveled okay. to London, uh, and yeah, we did that video, the work on the projections ourselves, um, and and yeah, it's it's it was a really cool project actually. Nice, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot that uh, Jules was your second guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, yeah, first producing and then he jumped into I mean, he played in guitar. Because yeah. yeah, you have a yeah, little, because um, uh, he's left-handed. I remember the left-handed, uh, left-handed guitar now. And I'm like, yes. oh, yeah, since you said that. <laughs> I remember doing <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been doing a lot of fun stuff in London. I mean, the projects he's been working on is really, really impressive. Some pretty cool ones. I think he was on, like, the Sam Smith one or something. Yeah, yeah. He- that one and now it's he's like on Vebo, Vebo or something. 
Stinner, like Stinner big, lot. big, big, uh, <laughs> yeah, big, big stuff. No, I'm, he's, I'm he's very like the proud nicest guy. of him. He's so oh, he's nice. So they are all, all awesome. Like it's that's one of the things. Like you know, it was such an awesome vibe playing with them. You know, every rehearsal, like it, it was so like I don't know, like a family. It, it was really nice experience. Like uh, sometimes you hear, you know, you have this uh, rivalry or whatever you pronounce. <laughs> yeah, no rivalry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you know, or this, you know, tensions, etc. But most of the time, it was like we had beautiful moments rehearsing. I mean, Old Town Crier. Uh, it's a very, very personal song, and there was a point that, yeah, we. Yeah, we we all t- lived that song from 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 the story behind it, and and we we were supporting each other and talking about our own experiences, uh, how how music works for us internally, and and yeah, it was it was a beautiful beautiful project. It's how bands should be, isn't it? I mean, it's it is. You've probably been in the same scenario sometimes when you're playing with a band or two guys in the band don't like each other or, or there's some tension. It's not the same. No. You need it to be a family. And it's like you said, you have beautiful moments. It feels amazing. And you look at each other on stage and you're like, yeah, by the yeah. way, I'm really missing gigging right now during this lockdown. Oh my period. God, me too. <laughs> it's, it sucks so much. I mean, I mean, okay. We have to take it as an opportunity, you know, like uh, moments to write inspiration. I mean, uh I, I i got busy with my instagram now so yeah <laughs> you know uh i try to really take it as an opportunity and see other ways to, to you know keep things going but i mean you know what we live for is for for the live experience and that's yeah and i i don't know i don't want to be like you know seeing the half empty glass but I really see it very difficult that we're going to be geeking this year, to be honest. Yeah, I um, uh, the, the last podcast I did, uh, I was talking to an artist about a similar thing. And, you know, I, mm. I, I said to her, I said, you know, I see this year as it's a write off. We're not going to be gigging until 2021. Mm. And that's reality. And I think com- I'm OK with it now. I've come to terms with it. But, mm. you know, like I'm playing drums and I'm at home by myself playing. And I'm like, God, I just want to look over and see a bass player there or yeah, <laughs> just yeah. something or look out and see a singer working the crowd. And yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very strange times. I mean, none, none of us has, has have lived anything like this. Uh, but what, what's going on is very serious. I mean, the, the, the coronavirus is no joke. Uh, I've, I've heard some cases, uh, you know, people, healthy people uh, that are now at the verge of dying, etc. And mm. it's it's really no not a joke. So I think until we have a vaccine or something, really a treatment against it, it's going to be very difficult. And yeah, it's it's so sad because like you know, it hasn't also affected just musicians or performers. It's like. Um, especially on a, on a bigger level like you know these huge festivals etc like there is hundreds and hundreds of stuff behind a band you know like the roadies the the the, the stuff that managed the stage um the people who mounts everything and demounts everything and 
it's like a huge bunch of stuff out of work right now and it's yeah it's super hard for for our industry it's hitting really really hard definitely is it because you're obviously living in in belgium now i mean it's, we're doing this like little international call um <laughs> Actually, it's like surprisingly good connection, by the way, as well. I was a bit worried about how it was going to be. Yeah, no, it's 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 quite all right, actually. So how, yeah. is, how is the situation in Belgium right now for you guys? Are you still in full lockdown or has it been eased a little bit? Uh, we, we never had a really full lockdown, um, but we were encouraged from very early on to stay at home. Um, I, I I stopped working actually. I mean, going to the office uh, as from the 13th of March. Mm. So since then, I've been working from home. Everyone that can work from home that has you know uh, jobs that can be done through uh, a computer and you have it. So uh, everyone like that uh, is working from home, encouraged to do so. Um, and then at at the beginning, some people, uh, well, some some industries uh, businesses that uh, rely on people really going there to to the the job and um, mm-hmm. they were taking all the precautions etc like uh, otherwise you were risking huge huge fines uh, as a business oh, wow. so yeah That's so from very very early on a lot of measurements um and social distancing, obviously, like not everyone follows it, uh, but yeah. in general, <laughs> I, I have the yeah, yeah. But I have a feeling in general um, that at least from from where I'm living at, uh, which is not a huge town, um, everyone is taking the precautions, etc. And you know, like. Uh, you know, you go out to the supermarket, everyone's wearing a mask. Uh, a lot of people are wearing gloves as well. Um, on the supermarket, they, they have like uh, at the beginning, the entrance, um, uh, alcohol gel, yeah, alcohol gel. And yeah, there's all of this sort of precautions taken, which to me, it seems very decent, actually, to, to a very decent level. Um, yeah, it's quite it's a contrast great- with Chile, actually. To be honest, are they not doing it in Chile? Is it is it not no precautions? Uh, not really. Like um, at the beginning, th- there's been a lot of uh, bad communication regarding that. Uh, saying do, do not wear masks. Do wear masks. Uh, this is not that dangerous. Oh, this is really dangerous now. Uh, let's do lockdown in some some districts of Santiago, for instance, and certain. Uh, regions of the country uh, but then obviously when you have one in lockdown and the other not the one that is not in lockdown it goes super fast up yeah. and you know hospital capacities etc so yeah it's it's and it also it's very strange because like the virus arrived later than uh, Europe there so mm-hmm. we're we're like in a deface um, timeline but they're taking the measurements that Europe is taking so now like uh, we are sort of getting out of lockdown and they are also sort of getting out of lockdown and it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't work like that. Yeah, like, what the yeah. hell? 
like you said, we're on different timelines. You can't just then copy another country and be like, well, you're coming out of lockdown, so so will we. Exactly, exactly. And especially, like, I mean, you need to count that there's so many cases, asymptomatics, that they're also not being tested. So, yeah, it's it's really no joke. And, yeah, and and it's it's a big crisis there because, like, we, we were also, like, on a previous crisis, like, social political crisis before that. Then we enter this one, and then there is also like some some parts of the country where the with the lockdown and the like losing jobs, etc., has caused even like a hunger crisis. You know? Oh wow! So, yeah, it's it's really not cool what's going no, on it's, there. it's really it's serious stuff. Yeah. God. I mean, get, but, getting back a bit to um, kind of obviously where you are now in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Since kind of you've done the the move over to Belgium. What's the main differences that you've noticed in the music scene and the kind of music uh, that you saw in London as opposed to what you see in Belgium? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, I would say like one of the biggest is, especially in the rock scene, metal scene, um, everyone knows everyone here. Mm. It's like, really, it's, 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 you know, Belgium is such a small country and it's like divided in two regions, well, three actually, but um, that uh, speak uh, French, Dutch and German. And I'm on the Dutch part, the Flemish part of Belgium, which is like to the north. And the 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 rock world, uh, the, the metal world is like super, super small. All the people that are gigging in, in these venues, uh, small, big, etc. They know, all know each other, uh, which is really awesome, actually. Um, I, I find it to be very interesting because like uh, it's very, in a way, it's way easier to network than in London, for instance. Um, you know, you start meeting one band and one band introduces you to another and so on. You're meeting not only the bands, but the sound engineers that work uh, also in, in the bigger studios or in grass pop, etc. The light engineers uh, and and everything coming from one venue you went to. So that's very, very interesting. Um, but the competition is fierce as, uh, as well, I think. Um, as in London, I mean, there are very, very good bands here, um, and they're all trying to, you know, scale to that uh, level where they can enter to festivals. And the most successful ones are the ones that really make a statement. And from the first gig, they they you know like bring all the sound, all the lights, all the show, etc. And Maybe financially, that's like not uh, a gain at all. But uh, in terms of making a statement and being seen by the people that might eventually uh, bring you to a higher place in the ladder, uh, it's it's totally worth it. Totally. That's pretty interesting because I think in London it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever found this. Everyone talks about the music scene and everyone knows everyone. It's like London music scene is so big. There's no way all the guys who play in the jazz clubs or all the guys who play in a rock bar in Camden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's interesting to hear that from the other side. But then, like you said, everyone knows everyone. As Your reputation is constantly on the line. Like, if you mess up at a gig, yeah. the same people are going to remember you and maybe yes. not hire you for something. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I always remember like this, this lesson from music industry, actually, like, um, 
from Ian Mack, if I remember correctly. Mm. The, one of the biggest things that are going to make a difference is like, apart from obviously being good at what you do and writing good songs, is like be nice to work with and network. Like yeah. those two things are going to be key. And like, um, I, I didn't see this uh, in London that much because obviously I was a little bit restricted from the gigs, you know, with the international <laughs> student thing, craziness. Um, so I couldn't get as much as I wanted, but I, I do see it here a lot, uh, you know, uh, from from a band I met, uh, there has been so many other connections that have been happening and collaborations, etc. And, and eventually these are also opportunities. So it's really, I mean, you, you can really merge within the scene and, and and learn from others support others and eventually they're also going to lend you a hand with, with the things you want to do as well it's very cool actually yeah I think it's a, it's a really good lesson isn't it you just got to learn to be nice to everyone around you because you don't really know not only when you know that person's going to need you or when you're going to need them but it's just about being a, a, a good person <laughs> like, yeah exactly you know? exactly I mean I'm the same person I was in London as well. There's not that much has changed. I mean, I hope I'm more mature. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but apart from that, <laughs> everything stays the same. And uh, it, I don't know, it's been really cool. Sometimes it's a bit scary, you know, because as you said, like, if you're not, uh, if you fuck up at a gig or something, then yeah, words is going to be heard, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so you better be good at it. Uh, but then if you're good at it, uh, then also that can scale pretty fast uh, if if word gets around. Uh, it can be a positive thing. Yeah, which is something uh, I, I've never had the, the feel with London. I mean, you play on a gig. I, I played on a gig, for instance, at... Um, we were there, we tried to bring people in. Uh, there were just a little bunch of people, like 10 people or something. Um, the bands that were supporting us left before we played. <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. Yeah, it wasn't that cool. Uh, but yeah, we, we still tried to, you know, make our best in whatever. Obviously, we didn't get one penny out of it, uh, not even one beer. Um, so it's like really strange, like you, you hear... I think it's you really support each other more and yeah I don't know it's a little more small world but you know I think also Belgium is very lucky in the sense that there are so many festivals great festivals here around and you have Raspo which is the biggest one in rock and metal but you also have you know Alcatraz, uh, Lokersfesten, and very other small um, festivals, town festivals as well where you can start scaling up and, and building up your sound, your reputation, your performance, etc. So it's really, uh, and, and Belgium is small uh, uh, size-wise, so you can go with a car to pretty much everywhere in two hours, top. So yeah, wow, three top. that is small. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like convenient in that sense, because like you can really, I mean, go easily around in different towns and build it up from there so that's nice it's funny because you you touched on kind of having that rivalry and everybody's really fierce because it mm. is a small place have you found as a, a female front woman as a vocalist that there's been a lot of rivalry that you've had with other singers um no not not really not that i noticed at least i mean 
what what I mean with rivalry, rivalry. Oh my god, that's a hard word. It's a weird uh, word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you kind of don't say the "l" in it. It's really odd. People say rivalry. Rivalry. Yeah. Uh, maybe rivalry. do a little bit. Rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to work on that word. Um, no, but I mean more than rivalry. <laughs> So it's, at least you got moved down. That's like <laughs> it's, it's more about like um, the the ones who are really going serious. They're bringing all the guns out, you know, like all like, and I mean more as a sound performance wise, not more like trash talking. Not I don't mean uh, I don't mean it like that at all. I mean it more like if if you really want to make a statement within the scene. Uh, and you want to establish yourself as a, at a certain level, you have to um, work and invest on it as you were on that level, even if you're not gaining back that money, you know what I mean? Mm. So they invest on lights, they invest on a sound engineer that makes them sound like perfect. Uh, obviously, they play great as well. It's like no question about that. But but the sound and light guides make a big difference as well. And I remember we, we, we also had... Um, some teachers at uni that said that uh, that it's not only just about the performance and playing etc but it's like a whole world that you need to match and 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 merge with the lights with the sound uh, with the performance with the interaction with the audience etc so I'm, i mean it more in that way than rivalry actually yeah, but it's the show isn't it and you have to yeah. have to make it a show there's um I don't know if you've seen it, like the the Motley Crue movie that came out, yeah, and it, like their of course, first club. Like four times. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. I loved it. It was great. Like their first yeah. night in the club, everyone sees them as a joke band. It's a bunch of men yeah. in drag, and then they just beat everyone up, and they're like, "Oh my god, this band is serious." And that was their and statement. Love, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, I mean, I don't know if you have to hit the audience. Maybe you know, don't but... do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but it is a bit like. Um, yeah, making a difference, and it's not easy, of course. I mean, uh, it, it also involves money where you, like, you know, we all know that it's very hard to live out of music, mm, so yeah. it is an investment, um, but it's it's the only way to make a difference, you know? Um, and, and you have to think of it as a show, you have to think of it as an entertainer, because that's what we are at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, we are there to entertain. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and like I know for me, I would, you know, it's it's the show, isn't it? Because you have to consider it from. It's so easy as a musician to think, oh, you know, this note is really cool. This riff I'm doing is really mm-hmm. great, but the majority of your audience is maybe not going to be musicians. And you, like you said, you got to entertain. You are an entertainer. Yeah. Um, kind of that no. being said, one thing I wanted to ask you was, have you ever felt the um, you're talking about that show business? Uh, side and that entertainment side have you ever Mm -hmm. kind of been pressurized as a female artist to um sort of add more sex appeal through your performance to make your product sell Mm, not right now like not directly but i do feel um in general that uh it's something that it's 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 not spoken, you know, but it's like something that's probably going to help you if you want to get bigger, you know, not sexualized, like, you know, uh, Britney Spears sort of style on, on the stage, but 
bringing up the feminine part of you out there and it's a little bit um yeah difficult at times because like you you also are a a girl you know a female person and that part it is there but whether you want to explore uh, explore it or 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 put it out there it's uh, it's depending on the mood of the day i i would say okay yeah but I I, like I, some... it's it's not that i've had like you know producers telling me like oh you should be showing your boobs more or something i don't know okay or, or so bandmates no it has yeah it'd just be weird if it was your bandmates wouldn't it you'd be like no like, fuck yeah. off but that's one of the one of the first thing i say like i'm very feminist guys so <laughs> watch out yeah it's fair i mean it's a good way to start isn't it <laughs> It's it's funny. It's like it it sets up the stage, you know. Like I mean, it's not that I'm like you know crazy about it, but it's like um, it's also saying like I, I I can play with a lot of things, you know, adapt to a lot of things, uh, but these are my boundaries, sort of. So, well, let's talk about that then. But let's talk about your um your feminist kind of beliefs and 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 how that uh, translates to you as an artist. Mm um well you know it's it's very so it's very easy like feminism is just about equality so um you should be able to earn the same wage for the same work etc have the same rights uh, as your male counterpart um for me what i want to bring with this in music is like uh, maybe awareness awareness uh not everyone is um it's acquainted with what feminism is, uh, what states for uh, also the words sometimes doesn't make it easy because, you know, it's like feminism, uh, not equalism or something. Um, yeah, it's very true. So, yeah. so that, that puts a lot of people off. But if you, if you know, you, you start a conversation, that's 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 where everything starts from and and you can grow a lot uh from there see other opinions uh there's also like something very interesting i read once um there are different states of awareness uh uh, until you accept something that it wasn't seen before so um, a lot of people are you know on different levels of awareness some people are right at the rejection part some people are in the acceptance some are seeing it but it's still something uncomfortable so the more you talk about it bring it up etc and you know in a light way i mean it's it's what i mean for instance when i say to to the bandmates or something like guys i'm i'm, I'm a bit feminist it's like please don't do stupid jokes you know about the boobs or like you know something like yeah. don't disrespect sexualize me. me yeah don't 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 sexualize me i'm not an object i'm just your bandmate and that's it and that's and it works out pretty okay most of the time i mean i've never had a bad experience about it thankfully so far so yeah that's really good and really positive to hear and i think unfortunately maybe some people haven't been as lucky as you with that but like you say you say to your bandmates and uh, I, I think we can say, you know, statistically playing in bands, mm-hmm. um, especially more in the rock and metal world, it is predominantly males. And that's not to say it that is. there isn't females, but statistically there are more, there are more males in it. And studies have shown that. Um, it is. 
it basically. Is. I, I feel that the, the rock and metal scene, uh, what was the name of the band? You'll probably be able to tell me. There was a gig mm-hmm. recently and um, the singer looked out to the crowd and there was a, a guy that, you know, touching a girl and was, you know, getting his hands on Oh, her. yeah. I, I, I heard about it. Uh, I don't know who the they, band was. They stopped the show, no? Like, they, they really they said, like, hey, you, stop it. Like, what the fuck? And they like, kicked really? the guy out, didn't they? And they yeah, um, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't remember the name, but I did hear about it. Was it like Lamb of... No, it wasn't Lamb of God or... I, I I really cannot recall the name, but I, I, I heard about yeah. it. Well, you know, actually, in in gigs, there's um, from an, I I've had like harassment on gigs um, since I was like, you know, actually on my one of my first gigs uh, when I went to see Maiden when I was like around sixteen in Chile. Mm. Um, it was like a whole crazy experience. For most of the thing, the gig good. Um, but um, at some point I got lost from my friends, etc. We arrived like at 6 a.m. to be, you know, front row. We didn't make it to the front row. We were like six <laughs> rows back and like all compressed like sardines, almost dying <laughs> in the heat. It was summertime or like near summertime. And yeah, it was crazy. At some point I couldn't breathe. I had to go out all the way back. And when Maiden started, I started going, you know, jumping around yeah, yeah. like lonely girl <laughs> to the front. Find your friends, <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah, try, well, you know, trying to see the gig from, from closer, actually, because I, I honestly thought there's no fucking way I'm going to find my friends. But at some point, I did find them. And uh, my friend, like, put me in his uh, shoulders, on his shoulders. <laughs> and then I was like, it was amazing. I was seeing, like, Maiden super close by, uh, Hallow Be the name. Uh, oh, yeah. playing and I was like tripping and then some people from behind me just start grabbing my ass like what you know like just come on wow non-stop and I was like what the fuck is your problem and I was like 16 by then and yeah I have a lot of stories about that with people you know just really random occasions so it happens it's re- it's something very very real um uh, that it's not not seen sometimes uh, for not not for being a you know an asshole, but like for for male counterparts, it's it's just something that doesn't happen to them. But I can bet if you ask any girl, any 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 girl is gonna have some story of harassment. I can assure you that, and that's something that needs to come to the light. You know, we need to bring to the light. We need to talk about it. Uh, people need to be aware of that. Um, that it happens without provocation, you know? I mean, I was just a teenage girl loving a band, watching it uh, for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. No provocation whatsoever. I was like full in black, you know? Yeah, <laughs> From, yeah. from, from neck to, to, to bottom, you know, like pants, etc. Zero provocation whatsoever. And I got that shit. And also in other times and it, yeah, it's just not cool. And it we, sucks. I, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to uh, change in a few generations, uh, you know, because we're bringing it more to the consciousness and, and talking about it and everyone's aware. And if we see that, we we, we, we make something about it, you know, like in that mm-hmm. gig, I think that's excellent because, yeah, we need to make our, our, our people sure that they can walk in the street, that they can go to a gig and then it's safe to do so. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that story. It's um, 
it's it's really great when it's part of the reason I kind of wanted to start this podcast as well and really get these true life stories of these musicians and artists and you know what it is like behind the scenes and stuff that maybe people aren't aware of um and you kind of the point you touched on that you know you were not provoking them because you were in black pants and stuff like it shouldn't make a difference. You can wear what you want exactly, to. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's it. I mean, you you can be naked and no one has have the right to touch one part of you. But now, now that you tell me this, I remember like last year I was gigging with a band here called Ten Rogue. Um, it was a very nice gig. A lot of friends there. Uh, we played also with uh, another friend band called Sin Savage. Um, really, really nice gig. Uh, super nice. And then. Um, this this guy, uh, I was just crossing, you know, like through the audience to go to my bandmates or something like really just this guy goes and spanked my ass. Just like that? You didn't just know like him, that. wasn't a friend? Like, he's sort of a known person, uh, but not like there's like absolutely no confidence whatsoever to do something like that. I mean, not even with my friends, you know, like that's just wrong. That's like yeah. fucked up. Wow. And I was like, I was shocked, you know, because like I, I don't know what to do. This is this is a person I know. I'm not I it's like an acquainted. Mm-hmm. Uh but there is like absolutely no confidence whatsoever to to behave like that. We are not friends. We're like even if it was friends, that's inappropriate as fuck. Like, no. Uh but then how do you confront it? No one saw it. Uh it's an agit, you know, everything is dark. Uh, but I felt so like hopeless, like what do I do with this? You know, like it completely ruined my night. And what did you do? What was your reaction? I I think I told my my friends there, um, but I I don't know. I it's it's that's one of the things that uh, when you when you have this sort of situations harassment wise, uh, you don't always know what to do because okay. it it happens so fast. It happens so like. Um, no one was watching. Um, it's mm. it's like if you make a scandal out of that, some people are gonna say, but it's just one like whatever, one little thing. But in the inside, you're like, that shouldn't have happened, you know? Like, it shouldn't that's happen wrong. Once. That's yeah. yeah, that's just wrong. Like, but, but I, I didn't do anything back then. I mean, concrete, like saying confronting wise. I was I don't know. I didn't feel like confronting mm. at the moment. Maybe one day I'll do it. Well, t- I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm guessing as well when that happens, and like if you're in public, maybe as a female you, you feel a bit embarrassed, and then if you draw attention to the situation and you confront that guy, then more people start looking, and it becomes a yeah. big scene. And you don't yeah. want that because exactly you, just... you you just you know you you just had a gig. It was great. People liked it. You liked it. Uh, you don't want to ruin that moment if you start to do this. Uh, rightly so, um, you know, confrontation, and then you know this this type of people sometimes get even more like, uh, ah, but why are you making a fuss out of it? I don't know how it would have reacted. I have no idea, but sometimes it, it can escalate very quickly, and then you're like, fuck, <laughs> like, what do I do? Why, why am I even in this situation? Like, I shouldn't be like this. So, and yeah. also like, you know, as a foreigner living in Belgium making you know some sort of scene like that I just I really didn't feel like 
it's no, sad. I it's, I, 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 it's, I mean, thankfully it wasn't like something bigger than that, but it's enough to, to, you know, like put you in like, what did just happen right now? Mm. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there that have, uh, have had a similar situation where they just generally don't know what to do. Um, should they confront, report something? I mean, it's, it's the wrong action. But at the same time, you don't want the trouble of hassle of, of pursuing that, you know, so it's. No, it's it's a really honest opinion for you to give. And, and thanks for sharing that story. And I think, you know, one thing hopefully the listeners will take away from this is, is maybe just that awareness of, you know, if they're female or male or, or whatever gender you are, it doesn't matter, you know, just this awareness of what's happening. And maybe if they see this happening at a gig, they know what to do and, and can help support people. Yeah. Or maybe some of the people listening you know they've seen this happen and, and they can really relate to your story unfortunately people may will relate to that because it's, it's happened to people as, yeah, as it has to you it, it has and i i don't know i i still don't know what's the best route to to uh confront uh, a situation like that there's worse that obviously it's like that you had to do something i mean there's like no way you cannot do something but it's it's a it's it's not that easy as as you may think when it happens to you so i just hope that we can talk more about it you know how how it happens how it feel how everyone feels not just just about that story in particularly but do you know um why is feminism picking up right now it's not a coincidence it's not um out of the blue it's mm-hmm. um it's the whole history that that of oppression and 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 non-equality that has been going on for hundreds of years and and right now we have the the opportunity as a society to change that to make a difference uh, we we are um having more opportunities uh regarding studying uh you know what work etc more in developed countries of course but um this this should be a a big change for the future generations and but the moment is now we need to you know create awareness now and talk about it and and not disregard ideas just for you know the 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 word of it feminism no it's just i think that's a really good kind of approach to have going forward and and a really nice positive message to you know to go on this this notion of change um so thank you well (laughs) kind of just as we as we start to wrap up now Mm-hmm. I just kind of looked at the clock and I was like, oh my God, wow, we've been talking so long. It's gone so quick. It's great. I love it <laughs> yeah, when that happens. Indeed, indeed. It was like super, super fast. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's great. It's great. <laughs> um, one thing I just wanted to, to talk about to end with, um, you know, I mean, aside from obviously the, the current pandemic we're going through, what are you working on right now as, a, as an artist and a musician? Is it new videos, new releases? Uh, you know, what's going on with you? Well, um, so there's a lot of things going on, actually. Um, so first things first, I'm still working on the Danny Hart project. Mm. Uh, I have new songs. Um, there are some old songs as well from the London Times that I haven't released uh, that I want to work them on a little bit more and, and perhaps uh, re-record some of them and with the new ones. And I'm really working on putting this EP together. I hope I'm going to record it. Uh, this year with a very good producer here um also from the rock scene really really awesome guys and 
yeah, see see what happens with that. For the moment, it will be like sort of studio project. Um, but obviously, with the pandemic, there is no rush. But I hope that next year, uh, this uh, we can be playing this live. Um, the lineup is um, their conversations who might be playing with uh, me for this project. Um, but I I think it's gonna be more like friends joining up for the gigs as we go like you know friends collaboration not nice. yet a, a fixed lineup but um that's also sort of an experience on its own it's gonna be fun there's gonna be like people probably from pretty cool bands uh, here from belgium as well so that's that's a very nice project um so that's one thing the other i've been doing like some collaborations you know from the <laughs> lockdown quarantine covers etc <laughs> one of the highlights i would say was like this really amazing cover with the um belgian band called of the cross okay. uh they're like very amazing amazing band uh, metal metal death metal metal core band mm-hmm. um so they pulled this project together with them, uh, with um, people, members from Epica, Eluveti, um, Carnation, uh, really these awesome metal bands, uh, and just everyone recording from their own places, home studios, etc. And they invited me to also do some vocals there for for the main lines and backing vocals. And you know the the video was like. Um, you know, do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this it was a cover of a uh, ghost song, Dance Macabre. Okay. Uh, you know that? It's super nice. And I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity to be like the psycho killer sort of wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I recorded that uh, that video with, uh, you know, like some Halloween things I had laid on. For, for oh, sorry, last you cut up one early. second there. What did you yeah. say? I missed that bit. You, you recorded the video with what? Sorry. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, it was like this psycho killer wife sort of look, and I had some Halloween things laying around and my graduation dress, and I was like, okay, I'll just do something with it. And it was like, it turned out really fun, actually. And yes. the video has quite a lot of traction here in Belgium. It's like being played in one of the biggest uh, radio stations for a week already. Oh, cool. uh, so, Off the Cross Dance Macabre, you have to check it out. That's really, really cool. So that's one of the collaborations I've been doing um, through this lockdown. There's also some collaborations with uh, my bandmates from Ten Rogue as well, Vince Wayne and, uh, and and other people as well. Um, there's other cover I'm working on with some of my friends from Sin Savage, San Gerards, um, that we, we're gonna release soon. And yeah, and there is a third project, um, which is, uh, I'm not sure if I should be talking about it because it's like not official yet. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's also for like rock tunes, uh, medleys actually, um, mm-hmm. for, with, with a live band. But that's a little bit on hold because uh, obviously we don't know. We had a lot of gigs uh, planned from, from August, I think. Okay. Uh, but that's that's yeah. We need to see if the authorities allow to to do the gigs and under which which conditions, etc. But that's a really like light band, uh, good old rock and roll tunes, medleys. Uh, so yeah, fun stuff. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you've got a hell of a lot going on considering the the situation. I can't wait to hear some more music when it comes out from you. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's been like uh, really an opportunity at the beginning of the lockdown. I was like, okay, music time, it's on. And I, it was a long time since I didn't, you know, grab my, my equipment and start a recording, etc. So it was really, to, to me personally, I know it's like a really horrible time, but to me personally has been actually very good in terms of uh, musical creativity and time to, to do these collaborations as well. So. Yeah. Excellent. I think it's a really nice positive note just kind of to end on there. It, you know, it is a time for opportunity <laughs> and creativity. Um, yeah. yeah well, so there on that is a note, phrase, I don't know from, from, from which uh, person said that, but every crisis brings an opportunity. So I'm really forcing myself to see it like that and, and mm. take the best out of it. And because I truly believe it. I mean, it's your choice as well to, to see uh, the, the glass half empty or half full. So I'm trying to see it half full. That's yeah, it's a really good outlook. It, it's yeah. easy to do it the other way, but I think it's a great attitude to have with it. You know? Yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and catching up again after it feels like a like an eternity. <laughs> Indeed. We had to, you know, like talk more often. This was really awesome. I'm I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.